Sometimes you gotta go back to actually move forward. I don't mean all the way back to dental school. Let's face it, that was an awful experience. But when it's all said and done, you still have questions. That's what Paul and Justin are here for. To answer your questions as your dental business mentors. Hello everybody, welcome back to another edition of Dental Business Mentor with yours truly, Dr. Paulichison and Dr. Justin Bullard. And we are here and answering your questions and it's something we really enjoy. So what what is what do you got, Justin? What's the question today? So for those of you that have team members, it's the vast majority of dental practice owners. I've out got there. team members. You're speaking to me. <laughs> He's talking directly to me. He's talking to, to me. me. <laughs> so look, the you guys got front end team members, you have back end team members, and if you're listening to the dialogues between them sometimes, and it can ebb and flow, it's positive and sometimes negative. But at the end of the day, the topic is how do you unify your front and your back teams? I guess put another way, how do you create that congruency, that connectedness, that alignment in operations? Or lastly, how do I get my front and back team to stop complaining about each other? So however you want to interpret it. (laughs) That's a great paraphrase. That's exactly what it is. How do I get them to stop complaining about each other? (laughs) Yeah, you know, this is a dynamic I think is very common in every dental office. And when I had my associateship, it was like that as well. I think my practice, when we were smaller, when we were growing, I didn't feel it as much as I do now as we're larger. But I think it's inevitable, and this is a normal thing for everyone's practice. So if, you, if your practice feels like that, that's I think it's normal. But it is something that you do want to address because you don't want that dynamic, and it can really perpetuate, and it can really be a suck on the culture. And so I will had to address this directly maybe, I don't know, it was like within the year. And, and I'll just explain kind of some things that I did. It's all communication related. You've got to get the back to understand the front's perspective and vice versa, Because I think when there's understanding, there's a little bit more compassion that we're all doing our best within what we're doing. In our little tiny bubble, in our little tunnel vision, we're doing the best thing that we can for you know what our job task is, as well as for the patients. And sometimes that doesn't always mesh well with the front or the back or vice versa. So I think it's important to talk about it and address it and help everybody understand both perspectives and that neither are wrong. It's just different perspectives. And we're trying to figure out a way for everyone to work together. So it's the best place to work for everybody. The one thing that I did is during a meeting, we broke up. Now we have a large team plus 40, 40 something, 43 people. I think we have right now. And we broke into smaller groups and I have this little alligator. I'm going to, so if you get this little alligator on Amazon, he has teeth and you press down a tooth and there's like 16 teeth and then it'll close on somebody. And when it closes on you, the the game was you had to say something along the lines of, so if it was a front-end team member, they would say, not me, but some people in the front might get upset with the back when this happens. And before we even went into that exercise, we explained, you've got to frame it, that we are not here to point fingers or blame. We are here to get feelings off our chest and come up with solutions and understanding because this can turn into something really heated if you if you don't moderate it and you don't set that framework first. Well, that's what we did, and we went around, and some people would say, and I said, you don't, ha- you can say something that's totally bothering you, but the the correct verbiage is, I'm not saying this, but some people in the front might get upset when this happens. 
And I can't tell you how good that felt. That was one of our best meetings we've ever had. And not that we did that once and it never came and happened again. I mean, we really just, we had a front versus back blowout last week. We have a crossover period for about two hours that's really tight where we're using every chair. And I had two or three 20-minute appointments in one column that there's no possible way we could have did it. So people were from the back were going to the front and complaining. And people from the front were like, well, we're supposed to see emergencies same day. We've got to see them. That's part of our brand promises. So what the heck am I supposed to do? This resulted in an eruption, but I'm glad it happened because it allowed us to kind of talk things out. And the solution that we arrived at as a team was that the front will ask the back where this will work, where an emergency might work, and that the back will understand that if they can't squeeze it in the day, that they're staying late. And that's the commitment that we arrived at. And that's where we kind of figured it out. But there's been a number of little issues between front and back. And sometimes I have had some hygienists that might not feel that some of their tasks are for hygienists. They feel like the front should be doing it. And why isn't the front doing this? I didn't go to school to do this, like this stuff like that. And the front's like, I've got so many things going on. Like, gosh, if you could take anything off my plate, it would be very helpful. I think it all just comes down to facilitating a dialogue over what is bothering people and just really hammering home the point, hey, we're not pointing fingers. We are doing this to try to understand each other and work better because this could turn bad. I think it's, it could turn really heated. And I think another thing I would just add is that when I had my associateship, we had a meeting. So I, I worked there for about three years. We had one meeting and I was like, great, we're having a meeting. People are going to get things off their chest. It was horrible. And the reason it was horrible is because there was no regular meeting interval. It was just like there was so much pent up things that were going wrong there that it was just an explosion from both sides. So I think it's very important that you constantly have a regular meeting cadence and you're communicating about these things and you're finding out when they're going on so you can address them before they become these big pent up frustrations. Cause you know how it, we're human and things bother us. We let it go and it bothers us and we let it go until something small happens and it turns into a really big deal. But it wasn't just that. It was all the things before that. So I think it's your job as the leader to kind of draw out those conversations. What do you think, Justin? What about you? What's your experience been with this? I agree with uh, with everything you're saying. I think communication's the foundation, right? You need to make sure that everyone is is talking it out so it doesn't unnecessarily spiral into something that's a little bit more complicated to de-escalate later. So if we, if we take a look at just as a general principle, forgetting about the front end and the back end team, just think about your own life. Think about someone in your own life that you're oftentimes when there's high stress, you decide to communicate and it doesn't go as well as you'd like. Well, I think there's a couple of pieces to that, that, that are root causes that lead to poor outcomes when there's discussions happening between folks like our front end or back end or whoever this person may be in your life. And the first is, I think, maximum empathy okay leads to maximum positive outcome but maximum empathy is tough because empathy requires you to actually fully understand what the person's going through and so how does a front and back end teamer really truly understand what they're going through one of the solutions that we had in the past was cross training people so of course i can't get a front end team member to do hygiene but i could definitely get them to turn over hygiene ops clean up after the individual takes things to sterilization come back get someone seated help with chart notes you know and those sorts of things i'm like wow like you're doing all this in an hour right empathy goes up when they understand what the person's dealing with 
To the other side of that is now I've had a number of hygienists in their downtime. We tell them, look, we're going to teach you how to answer phones. And if you have ones that are serial culprits that just don't have any empathy for the front end at all, train them and get them to sit on the phones for a week. That's an extreme, but I would sooner I would sooner have conversations. But you get the idea, right? All they need to do is answer those phones for for half an hour to an hour to understand that. Wow, it's tough to a check someone out while providing good service to the person you're checking in, while making sure that you actually submit the claims and you know you've got your insurance billing verification stuff going on, and at the same time maybe you're dealing with a doctor who's just thrown a note to you saying, hey, make sure when so-and-so comes up that you you get them rebooked for their implants. And now you show up and you ask them to do something and they look at you like, hey, I don't have the time. That empathy comes from helping to understand the roles. You don't have to cross-train them. You can simply have them explain to everyone what they do and why when they are asked to do something like that, it causes their anxiety to go through the roof. That's really it, that transparency, right? I say this to managers, dentists, everyone. I'm like, Everyone on your team should know what you're doing most of the time. So, for example, there should be no no secret what the office manager is doing when their office door is closed because you need closed door time. You got to get things done. But if that office manager does a good job explaining to their team, hey, I'm here to support you guys, but these three hours on these days, I do deep work in order to get these tasks done. And these tasks are super important for the following reasons. So I have to get them done. That's my uninterrupted time. You don't want people thinking their their leader is behind that door, maybe texting or sitting on Facebook, right? Why is their door closed? Why am I out in the open? Just little things like that require transparency. The second piece of this, I think, is the intent with which you communicate. If you're going in there to victimize yourself and not seek clarification or understanding, expect that conversation to go badly. Because you're just going to get a victim on the other end who's defending themselves. You got two people. They're not leading. They're victimizing. And so... That's a big deal. That's a point of contention. That's a head-on collision. And those things don't go very well. Lastly, I think if the intent is to have some empathy, clarity on what the actual problem is, and you actually want to solve that issue, well, what you're going to do is your first conversation is going to be a lot about, hey, honestly, that was super stressful. I don't want that to be an everyday thing. Is there some way that we can figure out a cadence between us to work this out so that this is not tomorrow? Like what happened here, right? And then identify that. And if it means you got to book off some time to do a meeting on the topic, then you do that if it's a big enough issue. So you've talked a lot about communication, but I wanted to state this because preceding that communication, these two pieces are important. Otherwise, your communication is just going to be a fight. And that's the end of it. It's true. And you mentioned that, and it makes me think of my team members that are cross-trained. They do. They understand how it is in the front and the back. Way more empathy, man. Way more empathy. Yeah. So it all comes down to empathy and just explaining how you feel, I suppose, and just, just talking it out. 100%. It's always very basic, very simple. Where we, where we as people get caught up, we're all really programmed in a similar way. And that is when generally when things are going along very consistently, going well, and we're a little stretched to keep up with that pace, but it's going pretty good. And then an outlier gets thrown in, right? That's an emergency appointment, some patient that took a little longer, the dentist asked you to do something you didn't think, you did some same day treatment, and now your world's falling apart. Because you're generally somebody who's an organized person who wants to minimize chaos and uncertainty. And now that's been injected into your life, whether you wanted it or not. 
So that's where anxiety comes from. And people, when they're anxious, generally are not thinking clearly. And I think that's the most important thing. So honestly, you can't teach anybody that, you know, some people are just better at that than others. But what you can do is you can teach your team to say, okay, look, before you approach somebody else, do two things. Just put yourself in their shoes for a sec. Okay. And if you don't know what their shoes feel like, go wear them. Just go wear them. Just go wear them. And then you'll know. Two, Communicate with the intent to actually resolve this. It's not about this is what happened to me and you're not picking up the slack. Just don't go in blaming and pointing fingers because someone's just going to punch you in the face. And that's oftentimes what happens. They defend themselves and uh, it ends badly. Yeah. So good, man. I, I, I love those things you said. All right. If you got a question, info at dentalbusinessmentor.com.